0: or find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com.
1: On the longest day of the year, we happen to be with Mr. Ken Unger. Now, Ken, as I understand it, I'm just curious, is there a 12-step to pickleball addiction? Is there? Oh, it's almost immediate.
2: It's almost immediate, yeah, but if you've, if you've ever gotten out on the court within, you know, 30 seconds, you're, you're pretty much going to be stuck doing it, so I'd be very careful if you uh, decide to venture in that, that realm. Don't dabble in pickleballs, what I'm hearing, right? <laughs> Unless be- you're serious, They're seriously about, you know, doing nothing but that, yeah, because you can do it all day long.
1: Well, it is a delight to have Ken Unger, one of the newer staff members from the POA. Ken, tell us
2: exactly what position you have today. I am the Director of Public Services. So, okay, and that was streets, utilities, dams, lakes, common property. So, water, water, yeah, water, sewer, yeah, pretty much okay. anything infrastructure related in the village. Uh, my team is uh, one way or another got their fingers in it. So, and so
1: you're, you're replacing Mr. Jason Temple, who was a great outgoing uh, engineer for them.
2: And now you've, but, but the difference is you've been here in the village a while. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, bought a place in 2012. Well, almost immediately after that, moved here and uh, retired fully back in 2015. And 2015, but you had, you had a well, life I want to know before.
0: how you found yeah. the village before 2012.
2: Yeah. Well, see, well, that's a very interesting story because my wife and I, you know, I originally moved here uh, as part of uh, Verizon coming here with the Altel purchase, and we moved to West Little Rock and. You know, we had heard about Hot Springs area and, you know, we came out, and we, we looked around and, you know, Hot Springs was nice, but it really didn't, you know, ring home for what we were looking for. And then one, I think it was New Year's Day uh, in 2012, the start of the year, we said, you know, we saw something about Hot Springs Village. We're like, what is this? And we came out and they let us in the gate to, you know, look around at houses and, uh, within actually on my birthday, which was, uh, February 29th. I don't know if it was a, it's not a leap year that year. Yeah, that I is not know, leap year, Yeah, that, that year was the that day was the day we bought our home here, um, in 2012. And we, we just fell in love with it after we drove through the gate. It was exactly what we were looking for. It's very similar to things that we had had in other places. We lived in lake type communities with, uh, rural roads and a lot of trees and, and the amenities were just outstanding. And, you know, it was, uh, we only really intended to, you know, have a, a weekend place here. But after being here for a little while, it was just like, we're just going to move here. We'll just sell out of West Little Rock and I'll, I'll drive up back to Little Rock every day. And I did that for several years. So.
0: Now, where was home before you ended up in Little Rock?
2: Well, I, I lived. Uh, we were living in California at the time. I had transferred out there uh, to Southern California. I was there for exactly two years. Uh, I worked for Verizon, um, so I was a director of engineering out there, um, and then subsequent to that, we lived in the Carolinas, and before that uh, is where we're originally from, was the New Jersey, Philadelphia area. So All
0: with Verizon?
2: Yeah, yep, yep. Spent almost, you. almost so you, 20 years. So you,
0: so you and your wife, both from East Coast?
2: Yep, both. Uh, well, I was born in Philadelphia. She was born in New Jersey, but we met each other in New Jersey, and that's where we settled until I started traveling around the country. So,
1: you don't miss that weather at any point. Yeah. yeah. no. <laughs> you sure? They have you nice sure? springtime.
2: They have beautiful springtimes there. But I don't miss the snow. You know, I'm much more in tune with the the weather here. Even though we're in a little bit of a hot spell, I'll, I'll take that any day. So. Uh-
1: I heard a comedian the other day say, talk about the winter up north. She said, it sounds like a Stockholm syndrome thing, you know, but it's so good to us in the summer. You know, it's yeah. good for us. For those three months. It's really nice to us. You know, That it kind really makes you
2: appreciate the spring <laughs> and summer. That's that. I'll say that that's, that's what it's good. For. Well, let's go.
1: I want to go back into, we're going to go the professional side and the personal side, but how did you even get into
2: pickleball? Did you ever have a pickleball racket in your hand before you came to the village? No. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of the interesting things about the sport is, you know, I was a tennis player in, in high school. I was, I was a pretty good uh, table tennis player. Um, and, you know, pickleball is one of those sports that you can adapt pretty much any type of racket sport that you've ever played into it. Uh, it's just, I don't know why, but, you know, I, I actually play it very differently than some players. And if you play somebody that play has played racquetball, they'll play it differently than somebody that's played tennis. Um, and then there's people that have never played a racquetball sport at all that come to it with a totally different approach as well. So it's 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 really one of the most unique sports I've ever uh, gotten involved with, which is I guess why it's so appealing. It's one of the be- I, I believe it's still the fastest growing sport in the country, if not the world. I mean, it's just popping up everywhere. So, but.
0: I don't even know when pickleball started in the village, Dennis. Do you, well, we got a pickleball, maybe Ken knows eight
2: years ago, seven years ago. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, you know, I started playing actually at the village church of Christ indoors. Um, before I, yeah, they had courts set up inside of their gyms is where I really started playing. I mean, they had some courts outdoors, but, um, you know, they, they have open play there. They have, uh, you know, begin newcomers type, uh, and it sounds like an advertisement for them, but they they really do advocate for pickleball over there. And now Balboa, I think uh, Baptist has uh, the indoor gymnasium where people play pickleball in there as well. So it's everywhere. I mean, in addition to the fourteen outdoor courts that we have now. So.
0: And how quickly were you smitten?
2: By oh, I, like I said, I mean, I, once I started playing, it was. I mean, prior to my Olympic, uh, senior Olympic adventures, I was playing five hours a day. I mean, <laughs>
1: Did you say prior to your senior Olympic, did I hear? I
2: think I heard that in there, right? Yeah. 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 Did I throw that in there? Oh yeah. yeah I, don't, I no. didn't hear that. I, I mean, literally, know. literally I would, I would play pickleball till I dropped. I mean, that's, you know, now, that's are you
0: a, are you ball. an obsessive compulsive kind of a guy or I don't
2: know what would make you say that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As he exactly. wraps his let's name. Let's just say, let's just say when I put my mind to something. I, I like to uh, seek the uh, total fulfillment of it and uh, to learn as much yeah. as I can and, and to yeah. get the most out of it that I can. So, so you yeah. don't dabble in anything is what I'm hearing. <laughs> well, I, I have, but, you know, generally it's one thing at a time. Because I yeah, I think in Arkansas we
0: call, that call, we call it a whole hog. He, whole hog. <laughs> there you go.
2: That's, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: That's awesome.
1: That is awesome. That is incredible. So, what what led? How did you come to the position? Obviously, you have an engineering background. And we're we're skipping over things. And by the way, listeners, you're learning as we're learning. By the way, uh, but you obviously have an engineering background, and I, I'm assuming you you just applied for this
2: position when it came available here in the village, or what? Yeah, you know, I you know, I I, I like to say that all things happen for a reason. You know, and, and throughout my career a lot of the positions I've had and things that I've done always built on my past, you know, so I, it'll be like, well, you know, I've done that. And, you know, and that's how I got into building buildings for Verizon and then running networks and stuff for them. It just was an uh, accumulation of experience that I had. So, you know, it got to a point where, like I said, through, through COVID and, and having accomplished my goals in pickleball that, you know, I started getting more involved and in seeing, you know, what was happening in the village on, in relation to things that I'm um, used to dealing with, you know, and, you know, when, like when you're a civil engineer, you know, it's just habit. You're looking at roads, you're looking at parking lots, you're looking at storm sewer things, and you're just, you know, lamenting to yourself whether or not it's right or what, what, can, what you can do better. Um, and, and in that vein, I started getting involved in, in various committees that the village had going back to last summer, um, and mainly the public service committee, but I also was involved in, in the finance and planning, listening to what was going on there. Uh, but pretty much was sitting in most of the public service meetings and just listening to what was going on. And then, yeah, as uh, as, uh, you know, things progressed. And then, you know, I, 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 it is an interesting story about Kelly because I actually met him before he was uh, labeled GM by accident. Just a uh, builder, I had a home built by Renaissance, and he had sent me over to this house that was uh, having blown-in insulation done. And said, "Hey, I'm going to do this on yours. Go over and look at it." And I went over there, and there was this guy bowling around outside, you know, looking, looking at his, looking at the house. And he asked me who I was, and I told him, and I said, "Who are you?" He goes, "Well, I'm Kelly Hale. I'm having my house built here." And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And, and uh, so then, when I had heard that he got the GM job, I was like, "Well, you know, I, I, I liked what I saw when I talked with him. We had very similar backgrounds and, and approaches to, to things." And I said, "You know." If, if you're going to get involved, this is the way to do it is, you know, bring my expertise and, and hopefully the things I can do to help the staff and help the villagers to a, a role that, that you know, really has an impact. And, and, yeah, when the job opened up, I put my name in and, you know, went through the interview process. And I guess Kelly thought I was the right person for the job. So here I am. Pulled you out
0: of retirement. So you've been retired. You were retired seven years, you said?
2: Yeah, I think roughly I retired at the end of 2015. So I think that's, that's kind of close to seven years, something like that.
0: You know, I'm amazed as, as a guy that fell in love. I told you before we hit record and the audience knows my backstory. And if you don't, well, too bad, you could, there's plenty of episodes. You can go find that out. You know, I'm amazed at the talent inside the place, you know, as a guy that has frequented the place through Airbnb, it's just amazing from host to neighbors of hosts.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: the background and the expertise and it's it's pretty fascinating to me. And and from big corporate like you and Kelly to to smaller but super significant stuff. I mean the talent pool is is truly amazing. I mean you're you're a perfect you're a poster child for well you and Kelly both.
2: You know, yeah. Well and you're you're absolutely right. I mean if you, if you look across the committees that we have. I mean, we have some really, really talented people involved in the community that are volunteering your time 100 percent. Right. I mean, you know, uh, you can't ask for more than that, to have talented people that, that are in your community, but then also willing to volunteer to help make it a better place. And, and that's part of my goal is to make sure that we're leveraging that and that we're engaging these people. And, and you know, rather than having people, you know, uh, writing stuff and, 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 and questioning things, get them involved. You know, that's, you know, my, my view is if you're going to, if you want to comment about something, come on out to the, you know, to the public service, come on out to the lakes committee, come out to the common property. committee. You know, we, we need all the help we can get and we're only going to solve this. If we have everybody engaged that has the expertise. And like you said, I mean, we got, uh, you know, I was just thinking about common property. We got forestry people, one active that lives in the the community. And yeah. And then another one that's on the committee. And then apparently, you know, Based on some things we're talking about, we got other forestry people in the community. So I'm like, let's get them engaged because you know, I, the more minds we have involved in this that have the expertise, the better out result and outcome we're gonna have. So Well, Randy and I that.
1: started early on trying to interview people with the POA simply for one reason. If you look on social media, it's easy to throw stones and say, well, those stinking POA people, they're blah, 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 blah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Be quiet. Just meet these people. These are world. You're the great example. Kelly's a great example. I can go through the list. Uh, unfortunately, Brad has left, but he was fantastic. Todd Knowles, Terry Wiley. I can go through a list of people who are incredibly talented and super devoted, and you don't even know them, and you're throwing stones at them. W- learn to these people, and you won't throw stones. Is my our opinion? We've always come that way.
2: Yeah, and I, and I don't even necessarily at this point. You know, when I look out there as as it, it throwing stones, I think it's people that you know have experience that they're putting their opinions out there and maybe their opinions are different than some of the opinions of, of myself or the other experts that are involved in it. And that's gonna happen. That's part of the process. You know, I mean, I operate under constructive dissent theory that, you know, you bring your ideas to the table and then as a group, you come up with a plan and then everybody buys into that and it's not working and then you shift gears. So I think, you know, in the past, maybe the issue is that people weren't heard. Maybe or they weren't invited to be involved in the process. And, you know, that's, you don't wanna alienate intelligent people that want to get involved. So I mean, uh, you know, if, if my view is if you have expertise, you see something you don't like, you want to weigh in, more power to you. Come on over. My door is always open. You've been I you've told, been in the
0: you've been in the position now how long?
2: Uh, about a month and a half.
0: Okay, so coming in
2: Maybe biggest two, op- close to two months.
0: Coming in the biggest opportunity you felt like you had and now that you're however many days in, now what's the reality?
2: Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I, you know, this is part of what I did when I did my interview. I'll tell you what I did. So I, I usually come into organizations, especially in Verizon, I did this with, with what I call a 90-day plan, okay? And that plan involves, you know, looking at the organization, uh, looking at efficiencies, looking at gaps, uh, looking at where the risks are, um, and then, you know, hopefully putting things in place to, to address those. And I'll, and I'll give you a perfect example of how that played out on my first week, uh, actually, because the... the my first day on the job, uh, Brad handed me his resignation. He had taken a position up in, in Little Rock, and and I, you know, said more power to you, um, you know. But that put, you know, instantly put me in a position of having to evaluate uh, the organization relative to lakes. And and when I looked across the organization, what occurred to me was that there were gaps in 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 basically how we were approaching things because of the way the organization was fractured. So we had a common properties. Um, and, and organization forestry uh, that, you know, when you look at a problem like soil erosion, for example, that's filling our lakes, okay? You know, it starts on the ground, but it ends up in our lakes. And and because they were two separate teams, basically, they weren't necessarily coordinating against any of the, that effort. So by combining them into one organization, now you have the people that are involved in erosion control and, and, the, and where the, the erosion is coming from, working with the people where it's going to, um, and the same can be said for the, the geese situation, where we have geese that are, um, you know, they, they don't discriminate between land and water. They're on both. Um, and, you know, we had a, 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 my understanding was before COVID, we had a very strong, you know, geese control uh, effort. But it kind of fell, fell apart. And to and this year, there were only two people that were really identifying nests and, and doing what was needed on the eggs to stop the geese population. Well, you know, that, that group was in Common Properties. Well, Lakes has probably the best visibility in, in a lot of cases to identifying where geese nests are. And, and there's other organizations like even golf where, you, you know, they're going to find it. So, you know, we need to, you know, do a better uh, effort at synergizing between those groups. And that, that gave me the opportunity to do that day one by moving Lakes under, under Todd. Um, and also because there was no way I was backfilling Brad immediately, I didn't want to. I, I needed somebody to immediately start transferring knowledge from from Brad to, you know, my organization. So that's an example of, of what I did, and I, and I did that again subsequent to that with our building and electrical group. And I can go into that with you if you want to know the synergies that we, we we identified there. But yeah, dude, um, go ahead, please. Well, in that case, you had an, you had an organization that was responsible for major pump stations and grinder pumps um, at people's homes. Okay. Um, and then you had another organization that was responsible for the lines that came out of those things. Okay. So, you know, if when our, you phrase that, it that way, it doesn't sound very smart I, 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 until no, that but, very moment I went, Oh, what? yeah, it's not efficient. Right. So it, it you know, if, if a resident had a problem with the grinder system coming out of their home, you know, basically the, the, a group from the grind, you know, grinder organization would go out there and look at it. And if it was a line issue, then they'd have to call up somebody in the line organization to come out and unclog the line, right? So, you know, by combining that part of the organization with the grinder tank part of the building and electrical group with the line group, now you have one team that goes out to someone's house. you got a line person, you got a t- grinder tank person, and the problem's solved the first time they go out to the, the homeowner's home. And, you know, so we're more efficient and we get things fixed faster which is basically what everybody wants. <laughs> they want it because they don't want to have to have multiple teams going out. Customer wants it because they want their grinder tank and line whatever the problem is fixed. Um, and we have a similar problem with the pump stations. You know, Those pump stations that pump to the, the, the wastewater treatment plants, you know, it, it was it's more effective to have that organization working as a team to solve the problems that, of, of sewage that we have, whether it's odor control or other things that are, that are seeing it from both sides. And, and you know, I think we've already seen some of those efficiencies play in, um, and effectively we've uh, eliminated two superintendent positions um, it, as part of that. So we also are saving money as far as, a, a, you know, uh, uh, expense. So
0: Ken, question. So new, new CFO and you, Kelly, really experienced, Diverse backgrounds, love for the village, villagers, the maturity and the experience. This is not to castigate, not to to cast stones on what happened before. That was then, this is now. Mm -hmm. But as a person observing this, and, you know, I just turned 65 a month ago, so I'm in the demographic. And I'm not hawking our demographic. Mm Mm-hmm. Is going to sound like I am, and maybe I kind of sort of am. But the experience that the experience, and in soft skills and in hard skills, and the diversity of the diversity of experience, as well as just the insight and the wisdom. Well, I'll just speak for myself. I don't know that I've ever been better. You know, I mean, I've never been sixty-five, but I've also never had a lifetime of experience to call upon. And the urge that I'm having, that it sounds to me like you're having to contribute and to pass it on because we're at this age where legacy matters. Purpose matters, intentions, and all that matters in this current, this current team that Kelly is, is putting together and has put together so far. I'm curious what your perspectives are on how that all plays a part in all of this.
2: I mean you know, for the record, I'm 58. Um, you know, I, I think
0: you don't look a day over 57. Not at at all. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, but, and and I think there's some of that involved in this. I mean, you know, we, I think the most important thing that I, I view out of it is we live here, you know, so we have a vested interest in making sure that, that what we're doing is in the best interest of the community. You know, like I said, I just bought, I just built a brand new house. So, I mean, I'm not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. I mean, I plan to live, I mean, it's really my, you know, my last house. You know, it's just one story. It's set up to, you know, basically be able to retire in place there. Um, so, you know, I, I think at least in the discussions I've had with, you know, Kelly, um, you know, it's it's about making sure that, you know, we're getting, we're putting the village on the right track for sustainability, for the, the rest of our lives, if not the rest of the village's life. Um, and, and each of us believes we have the backgrounds and, and talent to, if not do it or, you know, provide guidance to find people that, that can't help us, whether it's residents or, you know, professionals um, to make sure that, you know, again, 50 years from now, when we, we hold our 100 year anniversary that we're in a much, much better, different state than we may be today. So that's kind of how I view it uh, and like I said, I mean, I, I do think you have some valid points there as you, you get into retirement, you know, you're looking for something to, uh, you know, whether it's sink your teeth into or, or make sure you're giving back. Um, and, and that's really is part of it for me. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, giving back, even though I'm, I'm paid, you know, I'm, I'm giving back to the community um, and hopefully my experience and, and hopefully making things better. <laughs> you know, that's, that's my goal what's, well, the, biggest, mean, what's the biggest we're not all
1: going to be senior olympic professional yeah. uh, you know a pit, a, <laughs> a, a ball players. so you know we, we we can't aspire
2: to that all the time but no i well
1: you I know what that exactly was you know yeah. what that was right
2: yeah that what... was one. Um, i was i was one of those people that always wanted to be a professional athlete but because i had a bad knee i i, I they just there was just no calling in professional basketball or baseball for somebody with one only one good knee so you know i had to when i retired to try to to see what you know see what level i could get to and in some level of some sports so right? for the
0: non pickleball players like yeah. like my hands in the air okay so it it's not hard on the knees
2: it's it's a little hard but it's it's much easier than tennis okay okay and it's you know but i mean there's, there's some you know wear and tear that you take from your body but it's definitely not something that that i couldn't handle which definitely how, tennis and I how
0: quickly do. did you begin to travel to play tournament play i assume
2: yeah, I mean, I started playing when I first moved, uh, you know, bought a place here. So it wasn't until I retired that I started uh, started traveling. But that was pretty quickly afterwards, you know. So
0: and describe here. that. So what? What describe this travel stuff? So what is how far away and what does that look like?
2: Well, I mean, I pretty much stayed in the you know south for the most part. My longest trip was probably New Mexico for the senior national senior Olympics. Um, but I I played in Missouri. I played in Oklahoma, I played in Texas, I played in Tennessee. Um,
0: did you know you were good? did you know you were good like right away?
2: No, I mean, you know, I, one of the reasons I went to tournaments was basically to learn. You know, I mean, I think you, you know, when you play in an environment uh, like the village, you get to know all the players, you get to, you know, if you really want to learn, you have to venture outside your circle.
0: It's a polite oh, way of saying you needed more competition.
2: Well, no, no, just, just seeing different no, not okay. at all. I mean, you know, I mean a lot of the tournaments you play in, you see the same people actually. Um, but you only see them in tournaments if they're coming from other states. So So you
1: did it for the prize money.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: right. 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 Yeah. Now, what but there's people play? there's people here in the village that will go all over the country to play. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they'll go to they go to California. I mean the US open and pickleball is out there. Uh, The Senior Olympics this year was actually in Florida, and I know of several people that went there and played in the Senior Olympics this year out there. So you can pretty much go anywhere you want. I know people that have gone actually to, like, the Caribbean and played there uh, at events they've held out there. So, you know, you can pretty much go anywhere in the world right now and play pickleball.
0: Proof positive that you can find out a lot by just asking questions, huh, Dennis? Exactly. Who knew? Who knew? And we were just state of Arkansas. in the state of Arkansas, you're – are you just another number or you've
2: Yeah, I'm just another number. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really?
0: Oh that yeah. disappoints me. But Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> to say it. I, I,
1: <laughs>
0: but
2: it's okay, well it's I'm been nice familiar. talking to you. <laughs> <Ken>. we, we've <laughs> got to go to the next
1: interview now. We,
2: no whether I was whether I was good or not, it doesn't really matter. It's really about exercise and enjoying the people you're playing with. It's just a lot of fun. It really is. I mean it's a it's a great sport to be involved in.
0: So the wow. senior Olympic thing in New Mexico Describe that experience.
2: Well, that was really interesting. If you've never, you know, you basically are going into a town and I forget the exact number, but it was anywhere from between 13 and 15,000 athletes participating in every sport that you can imagine where it came, came to New Mexico, Albuquerque and descended upon Albuquerque um so it's quite a uh experience just to every, anywhere you go you're running into olympians that are that are participating in some some level of uh of sport and and, and it's just a, a the whole atmosphere is kind of electric um and the interesting thing about out there which i actually kind of was training for was that it's a higher altitude mm-hmm. um so you kind of you know have to condition yourself to be able to go because i literally the the day i played in men's doubles we went from like seven or eight in the morning and we didn't finish till seven at night that was the the last match i played um so it was it was a long grueling day uh at high higher altitudes uh in and it's so dry that you don't even know you're getting dehydrated so it was it was it was an experience though but it was a lot of fun
0: now how often do they hold this event the the senior olympics
2: uh i think it's every two to four years i know the state i think this every other year in the state level and then every year after that they have it they have the senior olympics so
0: and how did you do
2: well i got silver in the men's doubles uh didn't place in the mixed doubles so in in new mexico that's awesome awesome. i had a great partner uh we got along really well i had never even played with him before i knew him but we had never really played a tournament before and uh how did y'all connect well, I had met him at some tournaments that I had been playing at, uh, you know, and I, he was just a really good guy. And, uh, you know, I, I knew I was going to go to the Senior Olympics. And, you know, you kind of find a partner to, to play with. And I asked him if he was interested. He said, yeah. And uh, that, that was, was his. Y'all
0: won silver.
2: We Look got silver, y'all. yeah. That's
0: awesome. And we, got, and we got legitimately
2: beat twice by the same team. So they, they won gold. <laughs> Yeah. You. <laughs> legitimately you can't even you can't even
1: put <laughs> on bad refereeing you can't say you no, the back and they, row. you can't pull no, the back and row no nope, awesome. i can't they
2: uh but it was a lot of fun it's, it, and again i highly recommend pickleball to anybody that's looking to get into shape have some fun meet some great people we have a great organization in the village i mean it's i think there's well over 300 people that are involved in pickleball here already
0: well and after this show there's no telling yeah. we're we yeah we expect it to absolutely <laughs> blow up Unger
1: at (laughs) hsvpoa.org.
0: Unger at
2: hsvpoa.org.
1: Send your emails and letters.
2: Yeah, that's right. I I have, I I mean, I've given my number and email address to anybody that's documenting what we're doing here. Uh, I encourage uh, people to reach out to me and give me your opinions and let me know how I can help you.
0: Well, and to focus on, on, on the positive and on the solution. So the people that are in the village and now our audience can they're they're all over uh we mm-hmm. regularly hear from people that have never set foot in the state of arkansas much yeah, less springs village and yes. a few and a few who are now villagers a few houses have been sold thanks to the podcast and and yeah. we're we're That's pleased rare. about that so but for for people with a vested interest in the village you know what, what can we, what can we do? Yes, we can volunteer and we can be on committees and whatnot, but I mean, are, are there things that now that you've got, now that you're a tenured guy of a couple of months on the mm-hmm. job, I mean, what's your perspective now of things that, where the needle can absolutely be moved if people would do
2: X? I mean, I'll, I'll give you some examples of things we've, we've done that I, I think are outstanding already. I mean, uh, one is the volunteerism. I mean, that, that is key to our success, especially if you have an expertise where we have a challenge, you know, we need to get, get you involved. But I'll give you a small thing that, you know, I, I don't think most residents may be aware of. So I had a resident, uh, I already asked him if I could do this. I put his picture in the paper, Jim Betts, who donated a generator to, you know, his POA. Because in, in effect, we are your, you know, we are the Villagers organization. I mean, we work for the Villagers, right? And he donated a generator to us, which, you know, we need. I mean, we we have a lot of old stuff here uh, trying to keep the network and everything running. And, you know, I took that donation and I put something in the Village Digest, uh, recognizing him and saying, hey, if you have other things that are, that you're throwing out, I want to get rid of, you um, please let us know. And and we'd be more than happy to come pick them up because more than likely what you're getting rid of is better than what we've been using here for the last 20 years. Because a lot of the stuff that's in our facilities here is really, really old. And we got an outpouring of, of donations. And I can't tell you how much that helps this organization be successful and helps us avoid having to spend money on things that are overpriced today because of inflation Um, and and be more productive which at the end of the day comes back to the residents and the owners of the of the poa so that was not just happened my first month you know just from one little article in the village digest so that's the kind of stuff i think people you know hopefully they they see and and uh you know they help contribute to and i'm not asking for more donations but i'm just saying that that's the type of thing that i don't even think people maybe even recognize but the reality is you know a lot of the stuff in the, in the POA is old because they've been putting money into whatever they have to, to keep things working. And you if people
0: anything. want to do that, Ken, what's the best way for them to reach out? Who should they contact?
2: Yeah. I mean, they can send me an email. I've had plenty of people send me an email with things that they, you know, want to get rid of and need to get rid of and, uh, or they can, uh, you know, so they can send me an email or they can, uh, call on the main desk, uh, call on the main desk for my, uh, public services organization and we'll get somebody on it so that's one way I, and i think the other is just understanding that um, it's going to take time you know you don't you don't change a huge ship overnight uh, we're making a lot of good progress in a lot of areas uh, because of the help of the residents again with the the increase in the fees it's going to help us get things done that weren't getting done before uh, but all those things take time you know, to get processes in place, to get the machine rolling uh, to produce. And uh, it'll happen hopefully faster than most people expect. But some people, you know, obviously have higher expectations. So the ask is kind of be, be patient. Give is us a chance. Team,
0: is your team full strength or, or do you have gaps that you need filled?
2: <clears throat> I mean, there's always opportunities. Uh, that's part of my 90-day plan is analyzing where, where the gaps are and working to fill them. But I would say for the most part, we're, we're in pretty good shape. Uh, you know, we had a, a few openings that we filled recently and getting those people up to speed. And I, I think we're gonna see some I mean, I think personally just in the two months I've been here, I mean, I've gotten emails from some people that things hadn't been addressed in 15 years that we took care of in, you know, 15 minutes. Um, and, and they were really happy. And and that's part of my goal. You know, I came my my last role at Verizon was basically a customer service type position it was performance but you know you're dealing with customers concerns when the network's not working right and you know i mean i think customers have a right to expect that some of their requests are addressed and you know we're, we're trying to balance that with the bigger picture things that we have to get done and, and that's hopefully a positive that i think uh residents will see in, in the weeks and months ahead so
0: that's awesome dennis that is
2: it really is and and ken
1: just i'm I'm trying to think of how to word this uh, you've been here long enough and i think i have too that around 2010 we got the president's award for a thousand points of light mm-hmm. uh and one of the reasons that we got that is because there's a huge sense of volunteerism mm-hmm. and i think part of where we may have previously gone off the rails is when we would have experts come in and they were going to fix it for us but I mean, literally, you, Kelly, a whole slew of other people, you're not being dropped in. The, the, you live here. This is your basis. And you see an upswelling of people who are like, okay, well, I'll come help. I volunteer. I pick me. Pick me. At all at uh, Verizon, I'm pretty sure there weren't a whole bunch of your customers that said, let's come help you pick up trash in, in your parking lot. They they didn't offer that, I suspect, right? Yeah. So to have that spirit of volunteerism, I know, is, is refreshing, I assume.
2: It's huge. I mean, I, like I said, I, I think it's the key to our success. You know, I yeah. mean, there's a lot of towns and communities. You, you don't have that. And, you know, they probably suffer as a result of that. And If we're not leveraging that, if we're discouraging that, that's a huge mistake. Huge yeah. mistake in my mind. I agree. You know? how hard like is. you said, they're not it's not just volunteerism. These, these are people that have experience that would cost us an arm and a leg to get if we had to go outside the village to get. So, you know,
1: yeah. yeah fortune 100 and fortune 500
2: people we see many times right yeah yeah i mean yeah forget about just specifics on a certain topic we got leaders we got great leaders i mean generals we got you can tell me how many multi star generals we have in our in our community that, yeah. that you know it's great to get their their leadership uh, input on things and and uh, we have some of those, frankly, on some of the committees, and that, that's that's good stuff. So, well, I, I know you may not know this about us,
1: but but Randy and I do some hard hitting stuff, and and like the generals you're talking about, you know, the question is, do they like pizza or do they like tacos? Randy, mm. what are you? Thinking? Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah. this is this is quick and painless. Well, it it may not be quick, it will be painless. Yeah. and hopefully, and, and,
1: and just to introduce real quick, this is the lightning round. We always ask a few questions, and and Ken, for what it's worth, I want to make sure and get this. We want to do an introductory segment and just kind of learn how you are at any time. We'd love to call you back when you've got a special meeting or you've got a, a special sure. push. We'd love to have you on the show anytime. Would you be able to do that? Oh, you bet.
2: Absolutely. Be more, I think the more we talk about what we're doing, uh, the better off we'll be as a community. So, yeah, yeah.
0: well, I may have to add pickleball to this first question, but it doesn't, it's not on there. And I'm not going to ask it. Cause I already know that would be the answer. So hiking, yeah. hunting, fishing, or golfing, hiking. Hamburger tacos or pizza tacos beaches or woods woods texting or talking,
2: uh, talking
0: favorite day of the week. Oh, Sunday. Favorite city in the U S besides hot Springs village.
2: Oh, I would have to say Charleston, South Carolina.
0: Was that home at one point?
2: No, but I spent a lot of I spent a lot of weekends outside of there, and I love the history of, of there and uh, the food. It's beautiful, is really good. It's beautiful. Yeah, a lot of a lot of history there to learn architecture.
0: You have a nickname?
2: No, uh, you have to ask somebody else that. I don't. I don't. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm aware of, but I'm sure there's people that have nicknames. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're not talking. We never talk about those. Yeah. All right. Currently, are you listening to somebody that's a favorite band or musician? And if so, who?
2: I can honestly say I'm not.
0: Do you have a favorite band? Do you have a favorite musician? Are you a music guy at all?
2: Uh, a little bit. I'm easygoing type of James Tower type of guy. Okay. Uh, you know, kind of laid back. Nothing wrong with that. Low-key low type music, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. Your personality, it would... You don't need to be a metalhead. If you're obsessive compulsive, you do not need to go (laughs) hardcore, hardcore metal. All right. You've got an hour, Ken, to do nothing. What are you going to do?
2: What am I going to do? That's, that's an interesting hour to do nothing. I will probably read about something is probably what I do. Read about some topic that I'm, you know, need to learn more about. You know, I do a lot of that at home.
0: Any current favorite topics that you're pursuing?
2: Well, uh, probably, uh. Recycling, uh, dis- uh, trash disposal, uh, beavers, uh, beetles. Um, I'm reading a whole array of different things. No, serious. I mean, you know, yeah. it's funny, but you believe, know, these, yeah. are, these are the challenges that we face in the village. And I'm doing a lot of research, reading the, the information people are providing me. And yeah. that's kind of kind of what I'm doing at night. Yeah. You know? yeah, Favorite holiday? Favorite, probably Christmas. First job first job. Wow. Uh, I was a cook at a restaurant where I met my wife almost 42 years ago.
0: What kind of food was this?
2: Uh, it was an ice cream parlor where we made hamburgers and okay. other things, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't hot okay. gourmet. You know? I mean, some people thought my cooking was gourmet, but it was really, you
0: know. Okay. Good. Love it. Love it first bite or love it first sight or. <laughs>
2: uh, love it first Sunday. Yeah. It was, love it first Sunday.
0: There you go. That's awesome. Okay. You yeah. said you've been married 40, how many?
2: Well, it'll be 40 years, but you know, we, we knew each other for a couple of years before we got married. So. Uh,
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. All right. Describe your favorite meal
2: probably lasagna. I mean, I know I said tacos for the choice. Yeah, that's all right. Tacos. That was a tough choice. Cause I like pizza too, but
0: yeah, well, I didn't give lasagna. you lasagna as a choice in that one though. Okay. No, and the lasagna would be from where?
2: My wife's lasagna. Yeah.
0: Oh, there you go.
2: He just made it for me for father's day and I've been enjoying it. So
0: what,
1: what's your address again?
2: Yeah. I'm not telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Funniest, Funniest, funniest movie
2: funniest movie wow hmm i probably uh you know the one that jumps out at me is mash i I like mash it wasn't really i wouldn't know it's considered funny funny but uh you know kind of that type of humor was
0: yeah
2: yeah. we can appreciate that favorite sports team favorite sports team hmm that's an interesting one. I don't necessarily watch team sports that much, but I used to be a uh, favorite of the Patriots because I like Tom Brady. So I'd have to say Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, there you go. You know. All
0: right. Well, then let's shift it. So your favorite <laughs> athlete
2: would probably be Tom Brady, uh, you know, just because of his okay. endurance, his endurance I, and longevity, his ability to I figured you might.
0: His... I figured you might pick somebody playing an individual sport.
2: Well, I, you know, I could have easily done that. But you know, I, I think somebody that, that takes the punishment that a, that a quarterback takes that has endured as long as him deserves deserves yeah. my uh, admiration. To well,
0: what's your favorite sport? What's your favorite sport to watch?
2: Actually, it's probably golf to watch. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah.
2: yeah, I like watching golf just because it's so impossible to play.
0: Well, here in Dallas, I won't I won't ask you to to opine mm-hmm. about it. But the whole the whole live thing versus the PGA. It's just, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's all, it's all we're hearing. So, okay. Dogs sure. or cats?
2: Uh, probably dogs. I'm not a big animal. We don't have animals. Uh, yeah. Myself, but, uh, well, you're busy reading
0: about beavers and geese That's and things right. that are That's destroying right. the village. So
2: natural Na- I really like natural. Animals, so.
0: Yeah. 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 All right. Cake or pie pie. What kind?
2: Apple.
0: How many hours of sleep do you get a night?
2: Well, uh, generally probably about five or six. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, I have to cue my emails when I get up and then I don't send them out until later because I'm usually in bed between eight, nine and I'm up about three or he's got your schedule, Randy.
0: Yeah, I can relate. I tell people I keep vampire hours. All right, yeah, you, and you can't send emails to
2: people at that time. You know, you can't queue emails oh, I, up at that. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. I, do. I, don't, I, I
0: don't. I don't text people, but I. Oh, okay. Well, people already. The people that know me, they know if they get an email at three o'clock, it's, <laughs> they know. Hey, they sometimes know. I do
2: my best work at three in the morning.
0: Oh, oh, I no, mean, I do too. I do too. Yeah. All right. Do you have a favorite article of clothing?
2: Favorite article of clothing? Hmm. I don't really think I do. To be honest with you. Maybe my shoes. I like I like you know some of the shoes I have. That's about it. They're comfortable. That's all. Favorite quote, and we're done. Favorite quote. Um. Well, I'll, if you give me a second, I'll. I'll yeah, I'll give you, you, you a second. Go ahead. Second.
1: Well, I tell you what. While he's doing that, Randy, I've got to tell you. You saw our pictures Sunday when we drove up through Danville Road and we were petting the donkeys and you know feeding the donkeys and everything. On the way up there, we turned around because there were two beavers on the side of the road, two little beavers playing, little infant beavers playing right beside the road. I'm like, what? Turned around and went back to die and said, that's those are beavers. There they are.
0: <laughs> All right, let's hear the quote.
2: We have work because our customers trust us to do the right thing. Repeat that. I don't know if that's considered a quote.
0: No, go ahead. Repeat it, say, again. Say it, again, it again. Say it again.
2: We have work because our customers trust us to do the right thing. It's one of one of four quotes that I actually try to instill in in, in what we're doing here in the in, in my organization. It's I like our, it. Our credo. So I figured I'd at least get that, that out there. So yeah,
0: no, I'm glad you did. Okay, so yeah. that that thing that is in your hand, what is that? Is that the the, the department credo?
2: That's yes, that's, that's that's credo we're we're you know trying to instill in the department, and, and I'll, I'll read you the headlines because I think it's important. Yep. I won't read you all the text in it, but. Uh, we focus outward on the customer, not inward. We know teamwork enables us to serve our customers better and faster. And we believe integrity is at the core of who we are.
0: I like so,
1: it. Those you're are the four not going to find any that... argument with us in any direction. No, no. Well,
0: okay. Wonderful. I got to sneak in something really quick, Ken.
2: Oh, you said that was the end.
0: No, I like.
2: Okay, All right. Go ahead.
0: Okay. A leader, a mentor who had a really, now that you're looking with some history background. Mm-hmm. A leader a mentor that really had a profound impact on you um, you leap to anybody leap to your mind
2: yeah I mean there, there's been several people in my career that uh, you know that I've tried to model myself after how how their leadership ships skills were and what it meant to be a leader to them as far as advocating for their people and, and you know working to develop their people and you know I had a, a Guy named Hans Lutnegger, who was my executive director at Verizon when I first started, and wound up being my vice president before I retired. Um, You know, and he was probably the one that had the most impact on me. And you know, he kind of taught me there that you know, we all have jobs to do. You know, I mean, whether you're the CEO or you're the person that's coming in delivering the mail, I mean, everybody's job is critical to to what you do and. You know, everybody deserves the same level of respect and, and, you know, to be listened to and, and, uh, you know, I, that's what I've kind of tried to model myself after through my whole career, basically. Um, but he, he kind of stands out at me as the, it's the guy I looked up to the most. So
0: good. Thanks for sharing that. All right, Dennis, I'll let you say good night.
1: Well, I was going to say, that's just wonderful, Ken. And, and part of it is uh, for the listeners and the watchers uh, be that guy everybody needs a mentor. Somebody needs them. Randy and I were talking before, um, we hit the record button about some people that we were encouraging. And I look back and remember the people that encouraged me, they didn't have to, they didn't know that to me, but it made a huge difference in my life. And as Randy talks about the legacy of your life, man, do that. Look around you at the people that you can help
2: influence and just cheer them on. It doesn't cost you a thing. Nope. And you'd be amazed at how it cascades. You know, if you look back on a career, like in my career, People that worked for me that became, you know, executive directors of Verizon or vice presidents and and literally helped other people, you know, improve in their lives and careers. And I mean, it it does have a cascading effect. You know, you may not realize it or think it, but the more people you can help, the bigger that spreads around the world, basically. Well, our yeah. thanks
1: to Ken Unger for being with us today. Ken, we're going to, well, I promise you, we'll, we'll be bugging you again soon. So okay. for Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. He's Randy Kentrell, and we will see
0: you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.